Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tacova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovis.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Welcome to the Whitetail Legacy Podcast, coming in your ear holes. October 1st, we smash it 10 yards tonight. A buck we call Pickles. A south wind pushing us back to the zag. Better stand on our backs. Set it Set it out and see what happens. Absolutely drilled in. And boom, he said, Good buck. We'll get my buck, and then we're gonna go get homie's buck. It's been urban peace as hell. Got him. Pickles is dead. Kevin Gates, both kills on hanging hunts. My first public land buck. Nice work, dude. Triple brow on the right. I'm digging that. Fucked out October 28th. An absolutely incredible season. Here we go. Welcome to the Whitetail Legacy Podcast. Coming in your ear holes. Episode, I don't know how many. Um, and you get to listen to me and homie the whole time. So if you just want to click the, the you know, the stop button right now and, uh, <laughs> and, and, uh, and just say that you didn't listen. No, 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 no problem. But, uh, we might throw some at you that you might want to hear. Um, we're uh, we're talking about some trail cam, summer trail cam tactics. Um, let's get them people make this possible. We're gonna get in with the show. Let's start off with Exodus. What you got, Home Slice? Yeah, Exodus Outdoor Gear guys. Um, they just released a video on their YouTube channel that uh, is pretty cool. They have uh, public land trail camera sets, and it's the quest for public land booners. Believe it or not, there are some places where public land booners do exist. Um, this is a project that Cody and I kind of were involved with here a couple years ago with them. And um, I'm excited to see some of these trail cams that they, uh, some of the bucks that are on these trail cams out here on these public lands, um, all through Exodus trail cameras. So if you guys are looking for that five-year, no BS warranty, theft and damage coverage, basically your perfect public land cam, um, you can check that out at ExodusOutdoorGear.com. All right, I got right on optics, guys. Um, if you're looking for any optic for any kind of gun, pistol, AR, shotgun, muzzleloader, they got you covered. 
um, up and down accessories, scopes, lights, uh, whatever you need. You can check them out on rightonoptics.com. That it? That's it. All right. Well, guys, we're going to dive in deep on our trail cam strategy for the summer. Um, I know you might have heard this on other podcasts, seen it on other people's stories. It's a hot thing right now. Um, it's what everybody's doing for deer season. I guarantee you that ours is 100% different than most of the stuff that you've heard or seen. Um, so stick around through the episode. Uh, might, might change your mind, might not. Maybe at least hopefully pick up something that might change your game a little bit. Uh, so uh, let's get right into it, man. What you got? Yeah. So I've got a list here of some positives and some negatives of running summer trail cameras. And if you guys have been following us or listening to the show here for a hot minute, uh, you guys know that the last couple years, the last probably three years, like every year, we're just getting later and later and later putting trail cameras out and, I want to say last year, it was like July 31st, like, you know, the first weekend of August, we were literally putting cameras out. I know the year before that um, was like July 4th. Uh, we went out to the new lease across from the, the road there and hung stands because it was the day after um, July 4th. And um, then we had uh, PT on cam out there, you know, so I knew, and that was dated July 7th or the 9th. So I know it was super early that we had cams out there. And then the year before that, you know, we're hanging cams, um, when we're putting a food plot in, in June, you know, so we're just getting later and later guys. And hopefully by the end of this, you kind of understand why, um, we're getting later and later and, um, hopefully some good, some points come across here. So I don't know if I'm going to go back and forth, positive, negative, or just run through them. But uh, here we go. I'll start off with the positive. Is um, you can keep tabs on a buck pretty damn good because uh, he's going to be pretty patternable here in the summertime. So I would say that that's a positive because you're most likely going to be getting a lot of pictures of this buck. Um, and he's going to be not venturing off too far. He's going to be most likely on a food source, or if you do have a scrape opened up, um, I'll get into that a little bit later, but, um, you can keep tabs on him and he's going to be doing almost the same thing every day, regardless of wind and such of those things that we seem to get real technical about when it comes time to hunt. But here in the summertime, um, doesn't seem to matter too much he's going to be in the general vicinity of your piece um during this time well you got to spin off that there boss uh yeah i think that's true i feel like the bucks are easier to get on cam uh, this time of year they're bachelor grouped up um you can see them from the road got a good idea where the deer are um, you know where the food sources are right now. There's, they're, they're on a certain food source every year this time of year, um, and I feel like they're there's low pressure, so there's a lot more. They're just they just move a lot more. I mean, you see deer out at one o'clock in the afternoon, random as hell, you know, on the edge of a field <laughs> feeding, and you're like, God, this is, this wouldn't happen um, any other time of the year than right now. So. I believe it's a really good time to go out and get really good pictures of, of deer bucks. Um, so my second point is you kind of mentioned it there, but it's lots of daylight activity. Um, you're going to be getting a lot of, a lot of pictures, just like Cody said there at noon, one o'clock, um, you'll get them four or five hours, um, before dark coming out. 
And that kind of really gives you, it gives me at least a false sense of hope. And cause you're like, Oh man, you know, it's daylight, which is really what matters when season comes around and it, it kind of gives you a false sense of hope so early in the year. But, um, it makes you feel good that, you know, you got a camera in probably a pretty decent spot. Um, you've obviously scouted this area to hunt it. And, um, but I just don't like how the last, I wouldn't say last year cause it worked out on pickles, but, um, the previous four years before that, how you get deer on cam and then it comes time to hunt and the shit's totally different. So, um, you're going to get lots of daylight activity, but don't get attached to that false sense of hope that comes along with getting all the big bucks, big velvet bucks on cam. Yeah. Um, you're, you can, like I said, this is the easiest time of the year, I think for someone to get trail cam picks, especially if you're in, you know, a state that can bait or mineral, uh, that's just, you're going to get an ass little picks, um, every angle you're going to get jacked up. You're going to get fired up. Um, and like you said, if he's there daylight and you could get a false sense of, man, I'm going to be able to kill him right here on this bait side or right here on this mineral side when season comes and, uh, not saying that you won't be able to, but more than likely he's going to make a move. Um, and you're not going to be able to, but yeah, I, I just want to say that, you know, this is just for us starting October 1st. We can't do anything in August or September, so this is just us starting October 1st here in Illinois. Um, no feed or mineral allowed, and uh, that devastates me every year, <laughs> but we don't have that expense. Um, I'll go with the negative here, and you know what the number one negative is of summertime trail cams is them damn grass picks, but... Um, because that is such a bad negative, and like Cody likes to hunt in spots around the CRP grass and stuff, and so maybe it's just more of a of a localized problem for us because this is kind of just the properties we tend to gravitate towards. And um, but I I have a solution. I I got me a uh, I want to say it's an 18 inch machete for Christmas. I put it on the list just for this shit, <laughs> and I'm uh, I'm ready to break that thing out here when it comes time. I'm done messing around with the grass, and um, you know, just burning up an SD card for no reason. I'm gonna hit it with another negative. Um, the only notes that I took for this show uh, <laughs> over the past four years that we've been um, running cams, you know, heavily more cams than we ever have. Um, we've had five cans stolen early season, not total, but early season, four cards and four cams, three or four cams that were messed with. I can't remember the number, but I know five cams stolen, four cards stolen, three to four cams that were checked and put back and messed with. Um, and those were all early season cams. So that really burns me that you go out there it's hot as hell the bugs are bad the grass is tall you put the work in you you hang these cams um the guy steals the cam okay like maybe the guy wants more cams to hunt but when they steal the card or check the card that is the absolute laziest thing that a guy could ever do in my opinion it just i would rather see the whole entire cam stolen than that because it just burns me so so much because you're really excited to get to that camp, you know, 
and you get all of, like the one all the way in the back you got no one would mess with and you get you get the cam messed with and it didn't take any pictures bull it took pictures up to when the guy checked it and then nothing yeah and then it's got you walking up you know and he's needs the code put back in so to take pictures <laughs> it's and a paperweight yeah, you just walk all the way back there to pull this data, and you don't have any data, and then that same cam got stolen. You know, like, it, it's just that late season. If we added up the cam stolen late season, it would be oh. insane. But but it, the, the that card got pulled early season, and it is in a remote spot way back in there, really hard to get to, extremely long distance from anything. You go back there, it was – hotter than hell that day and i went back there and got that cam and it was for nothing it's just that is just that's the worst thing i'd rather have grass picks than that and yeah i feel like what it is is there's a guy out there scouting that area in summer and you know i, I don't know what it is maybe he hasn't killed a lot of big bucks maybe he's just a selfish person or whatever and he wants to get that data for free so he sees this cam sitting there and he's just like, man, if I pull this card, I can get all this data for the whole entire year to see if I want to hunt this early season or not. And and they pull that card, and with a lot of our cams, their security code. I love when someone steals a cam and they literally can't do anything with it. It's like, the greatest thing. Like, you're like, dude, just chuck that thing in the river because you literally just stole a cam and you cannot do anything with that thing. You got to have the code. There's no way to reset it. Like, uh, or they steal a mobile cam that's attached to your account and you mark it as stolen. You're like, <laughs> okay, yeah, good, good try activating that thing next year. Um, it's going to come up that you stole it because it's stole. I mean, like, uh, but yeah, I, I just want to go on a little rant uh, on that. And I feel like early season is just early season and really late season. That's when those cards get stolen. And I don't know how many times I've walked past the cam early season and it doesn't even dawn on me that I would want to pull that card. And like, it's just, it's because it's It's like, yeah. Yeah. It's because, you know, you, you've been out there, you put the work in, you know, probably what's going to be on that camera. It's not just going to be some unicorn out there that, but that's because you put the work in it and you've done your homework. So Mm -hmm. It, it it doesn't matter because you have this shit out there yourself. You know what's going on out there. Yeah. And I don't want to say that. Like, I mean, we've had a, a lot of people walk past our cams and we, we had one guy take pictures with our cam and post it on <laughs> Facebook. Yeah. We were like, that's ours. Yep, <laughs> Thanks that's for not us. stealing it, bro. <laughs> um, but uh, we, we've had more people walk past them than take them. But there's always that, like that, that, the other grass piece you know i had all those cams out there running all early season went in there put the work in and then i go in there and all three of them are gone and you're just like then you're left with one and you're like man like come on and i went in there this winter and there's a a, the guy put a cam locked onto a tree and the lock's still on the tree and the cam's gone i'm like so there's just a repeat offender in there just breaking cams to and and taking data so someone doesn't go in there and hunt i just that just makes me think that there's a giant in there but there's like no sign at all 
it's a zero sign, but we, we <laughs> know that. I was like, we're used that to that. Case, That's just w- yeah, exactly just like- exactly what happened last year. Uh, just get it on the road, and if, you know, other than that, you're not going to probably be able to get anything tucked in, tucked in there to get some intel from. Just all going to be from the road. Yeah. Okay, well, moving off of that negative, uh, yeah. I'll, I'll move into a positive. Um, a lot of you guys out there are tinkerers. You like to get some new gear. You like to tinker with shit. You got the rope on the bottom of your stand, um, always adjusting something on your bow. Um, we don't do this necessarily too much, but one thing you can do is you can try some different things in a scrape in the summertime just to... I mean, just to liven it up a little bit, um, we have used some piss in the back in the past, but last five years, um, we just open up the scrape and if we have to pee in it, we'll, or if we have to pee, we'll pee in it. If not, um, just roughing up that dirt, we'll get that scrape opened up and then bucks will start hitting it and, and, uh, the does as well. But, um, you can try a rope in there. You can try um, some attractant. Uh, some people are starting to use vanilla in there and uh, also some hemp rope. So um, there's a lot of different options that, and different things you could do um, with a scrape in the summertime just to see if anything, if they prefer one thing over another or this area over something else um, to kind of cure everybody's tinkering um, mindset with everything. So. Um, I, I would view that as a positive. Like you're not Holy, just going to buck just fell off the wall, bro. A buck just <laughs> fell off the wall. <laughs> yeah. Did you hear that? No. Holy shit. I, I seen yeah. your eyes light buck up. Just fell off the wall. <laughs> yeah. Go wow. ahead. Continue. I'm going to go pick them up. Right. Broken half. So, um, you know, I feel like that that's something you guys can do just to liven it up and, and try something out. If, if you hear somebody, somebody doing it and having some sort of success. Um, but um, Cody already mentioned this, but I had this on the positive side is the bachelor groups. Like usually if you're going to get one buck, you're going to have a group of, you know, three to four to five. Um, I've seen a lot of pictures with, with five bucks in it. And, um, but there also is well West side. I was thinking about when I put this down, I was thinking about West side and that deer has always been alone and, um, probably will never, never even seen another buck from the amount of trail cam pictures and videos we have of him just by himself. And one thing that I was thinking about with the bachelor groups here in the summertime is when Cody killed his public land buck in 20, um, we had seen Magnum the day before and made that move. And then lo and behold, the next morning it's Huffy, the buck that was running with Magnum in the summertime. So um, I don't know if it was just a coincidence or any correlation there, but that is one thing that I remembered when I wrote this down is that they were in a bachelor group in the summertime and then in a 24 hour period, they both come on the same trail in, uh, in season there. So something to, you know, probably not bank on, but something to just put in the back of your mind, like, Oh, Hey, yeah, this buck just come through, you know, maybe, maybe in the next 28 hours, you know, this, this other buck will come through the one that I want or something. So, um, I would say that the bachelor groups are definitely a positive. Uh, yeah, I would agree. Um, one thing, one thing I add there is, uh, how's your deer? It, how's your deer? It's good. Yeah. Which good. one was it? 
it was the the October nine pointer. The oh, October fifteenth. Yeah. Damn. He landed. He landed. Uh, backside down. So nose okay. up. It's a full okay. sneak. So I about the. Have, it, I don't know how it happened. I would say about as perfect as yeah. he could have landed. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But uh, yeah. One thing I'd say about one thing that I feel like um, is is gonna, people are going to be thinking about this is they want to see if their buck lived. Mm-hmm. You know, the buck they're after. So they get them out there early. They're in, trying to excited to get out there and uh, and see if he lived. We take them at a different note, and we bank on them living if we got their sheds or we got late season trail cam picks of them. You know, so. That's I think we run cams later than a lot of people, but I feel like other people run cams earlier than us. So, mm-hmm. um, but we're still running cams hard in December and January, where most people are probably not running cams near as hard. Um, I I think I don't, I don't know, but that's what that's what I feel like. But um, you get that bachelor group. More than likely, you're going to get to see the bucks that live. You're going to get to see those three-year-olds you're looking at, see what they got, you know. And that's a positive if you know that that buck's going to stay in your area. Um, but don't always bank on a buck staying in an area when he – I mean, he could get forward and completely change everything. We've seen it. Yeah, so, and and to bounce off what I was saying there with Magnum and Huffy, like they were two miles as a crow yeah. flies. They were two miles away from where we were on the, on the summer range. So mm-hmm. um, definitely – um, matters if that buck's going to stay around or not, or if you got the room to run, then, you know, you're, you're always in the game. So, uh, flipping back here to a negative is something that we just talked about before the podcast is the cost of batteries. So now, now some cams, you know, you got to run the high dollar lithiums in it for it to even operate. Right. Um, you know, you just can't go out there with the regular alkaline batteries. You got to have the the best, which is, you know, the more expensive. So the cost of battery starts to add up, especially when you start running over eight cams. Um, you know, some of these, some cams take eight, some cams take four, some cams take 12. Like it just depends on what camera you like and what you like to use. Um, and you know, Definitely four batteries sounds good, but is you know is that camera going to be reliable for you when it gets cold? Um, something to think about, and um, it's we're getting to the point to where later in the summer that that we start, we're only requiring one battery change on average um, for a camera. Now, usually two if we're running on video, but if we're just running a three-shot burst on a trail. And the cameras, I'll say hot, like it's a pretty good spot. And we're leaving that puppy to soak. Usually like late October when we're in that area hunting, we're going to swap out the batteries because it's going to be usually 40% is where um, we like to change. And that's one thing I like about Exodus cameras. It gives you that battery percentage right there on the display screen for you and um, let you know. And, And I don't like to run much lower than 40 just because we're getting to that time of the year where it can be below freezing. And um, we're more than likely going to be running them engine energizer industrials in those cameras at that time. And uh, that would be the point in time where we would make the decision like, okay, we're either going to run another set of industrials in here or if we really need this camera to be good and last us through, you know, shed season. Like that's that's the deciding factor. Are we going to shed season or are we going to pull this when season's over if we're going to go to the industrials in the setup or not? So negative 
the cost of batteries getting hella expensive on the uh on the 30 plus shit probably 40 plus now well yeah, yeah you had a couple yeah, 35 gone. or so yeah 35 you got some stone um one thing i'll add on there is um people are like well i only got you know five cams or i only got three cams um when you're running them early say you're running them now um you're going to be changing those batteries right before season um so say you're you're running a cell cam in a, in an area that you don't want to go into for some, you know, you don't want to be in there. You're, you, if you run that cam now, you're going to have to change those batteries before season. You're going to have to go in there and change those batteries anyways. Now, if you make a big sweep, you have all red cams and you pull your cards, um, you know, and right before season and you can, you can put camp batteries in there. I don't see that as such a negative, but, uh, more than likely, if you're running them now, uh, you're probably going to miss the the most important data close to season because that cam's going to be dead and you don't even know it. You know, yeah. it, and we've we've had that happen to us where you get to a cam, you're like, well, shit, this thing died in September. You know, and I lo- I don't have any <laughs> data. September tenth, you know, you know, and you're like, damn it, I you know now this thing is pretty much useless on hunting wise. But if you're hanging that thing in August, it's going to be when you pull it right before season, it's going to be working. Yeah. You know, the batteries are going to be good. Even if you're getting sun picks, even if you're getting grass picks every now and then, your uh, your battery is more than likely going to be solid enough because they didn't stretch for that three months before, you know, and I feel like that's, mis- mid, you know, worth bringing up. If you do want to run them early, I would say that say you're running them deep on public somewhere you can't get to, you know, maybe you should check it a month before season, make sure the batteries are good and then check them again right before season. If you're going to, if you're going to do that, I feel like we've been burned a lot on um, dead cameras when we actually need the data off them early. Yeah. I would say we, right when Cody started talking about that, I was like, man, you know, we're not speaking out of just of something we heard, like we lived this and, um, we're so jacked to go pull that cam, you know, the weekend before opening day and we got burned on a camera that died September 3rd because our own yeah. dumbass fault. We're worried about a buck that probably isn't going to stick around, probably have no shot at killing, but we got cool velvet pics of him. Like, yeah, but you know, what does it do? But that goes right into my next point here of a positive, <laughs> and I got wrote down, velvet is cool. Yeah. You know, velvet, velvet is cool. Is- like, I mean, it's it's a, it should be the eighth wonder of the world. How can something like that grow, you know, over an inch a day, according to the scoring, you know? And um, especially if you get attached to a buck and you have history with that deer and you can get on mineral or bait and, you know, put the story together from – March all the way through, you know, November, watch him grow, watch him change. You got, you know, literally when they say thousands, like in that scenario, you would have thousands. If you had, you know, even two years of history with that deer, um, so many pictures and it would be, that would be pretty cool. And, um, just to see, but like for us, man, that deer could disappear for two weeks go off in a cornfield and hang out 
not come by. And then next thing you know, you're like, shit, he's got junk this year. And you had, you know, no idea. You didn't see it slowly popping out because he was there on Wednesday. He was there on Thursday, missed Friday. He was there Saturday morning. Like we go, we can go a couple, couple weeks without seeing a buck. And then he shows up and you're like, man, I don't even look like the same deer. You know, he's really blowing up this year. So velvet's cool. It's a, it's, you know, everybody's fresh in summertime getting fired up for deer season it's go time and uh the bucks grow and they know they got something out there to chase worthwhile and uh it's exciting time it is velvet is cool as hell i love velvet picks um watching them get bigger knowing that they're there knowing what's out there is super super cool There's, there's nothing better to really motivate a guy than getting a, a big deer repeatedly in the summertime where you're thinking, man, I might have a shot at this thing. And, uh, then, you, you know, you're wondering how big is he going to get, man? He looks pretty solid now. And you're trying to play your mind out like, <laughs> oh, is he, he going to be a 10? Is he going to be, you know, yeah. he's going to have trash. Like, what's he going to do? Is he going to throw that G4? Like Westside yeah. do those G4 is the latest hell. Bro. Yeah. <laughs> like, I was like, Oh, he's an eight again. He's an eight. And through a little Boom. shitty G4. I'm like, he's a 10. He's a 10. Nice. Like, hey, we're cool. Man, I remember but, a couple of times getting a, you know, a big velvet buck on cam and, and kind of shit in my pants because I didn't, I know I didn't have the, the postseason scouting in like I should. And then come, come summertime, got caught my pants down, giant on cam, you know, got me all fired up. And then I was like, damn it, you know, I, missed you know the good two weeks to be out there and get some intel and learn from that and and move forward um i'm gonna go with a negative here um you're just gonna have more intrusion like it's not a make or break deal um so much at this time of the year but i mean you are out there and you're amongst all the shit um i got later on the list poison ivy all the other shit ticks um, all that shit's out there all the time. And I used to be really good against poison ivy, but now the last five years, man, I ain't been worth a shit against it. And, uh, you've seen, well, both of our ankles have actually gotten smoked pretty damn good, yeah. um, out there trying to do that the summer thing. Shit, dude. Stay away from that white, oh, yeah. white flowers. Don't get in those white flowers. It's like, shit. it's a, it's like a burn. Yeah. It's like an acid burn, but. So yeah, one thing I want to say about, oh, go ahead. No, go ahead. yeah, I was just going to wrap it up. You know, more intrusion is is not detrimental as it would be, you know, later in the year, but it is intrusion. Yeah, and then I, I'll add something to that. You might have this on the list, but it's just like that one year we were going hard mm-hmm. early. We were burnt out when it mattered. You know, we were just done running cams when time it was important to actually run cams you know um when you run that many cams that many areas and you you're like pulling you're pulling cams every week because you you know this one's been soaking a month now this has been soaking a month because you set that a week later than you set this one and it's just like a never-ending thing and then by the time you pull all of them you're back just starting they've already soaked <laughs> another month and a half you're back to pulling the one you pulled the first time um and you just get tired of running cams and then you get lackadaisical on, well, 
you know, I'll switch the cards. Oh, I forgot the cards. I'll switch the cards and we'll do that. And then you got the wrong card in there. And Oh, well, um, I'll won't check this one. I'll just skip it and get the closer one. And then now you got one back that it's not working because you didn't check it and it's getting close to season. You just, you just get tired and you get more lazy because you were jacked up. Now, what cams have big gear on are the ones that you're focusing on and the other ones you're kind of putting in the back burner, but those could be your most valuable cams by the time season gets here and after the shift and you're not focusing on them. You're focusing in these areas. Um, you're in there when you pull the cam. Now you're thinking about if you're, you're wasting time in this area about, well, man, I'm like, I can hang here. And then you're maybe scouting the area where the buck is now when actually he might not be there. Um, definitely a lot of wasted time setting yourself up to waste a lot of time and burn yourself out um if you're running a bunch of cams if 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 you're single you don't have a bunch of kids and stuff and you got plenty of free time that's probably not a problem but for us like it was like all right dude we're gonna wake up at 5 a.m we're gonna be out there when the sun's rising we're gonna pull cams you know we're gonna be back by 9 30 um when the kids are up and going so we can spend the weekend day with them you know and you do that every weekend. You're like, fuck, you got to pull cams again. Like it's, <laughs> it's, it sucks. <laughs> it's a lot. Yeah. It's a lot. Yeah. Uh, but that's a good point though. You know, the, you start focusing on them cams with the big deer and then, you know, your most valuable cam when it comes time. And that's how you end up with a dead camera on September 10th. And you're out there the yeah. 29th pulling the bitch and it's been dead because you ain't been focusing. Yeah, on it. It's on your third property and you pulled it. Oh, there's nothing there. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to worry about it. Um, and then, you know, you don't go back there and it's been dead because you're focused on these other cams and you don't want to make time to go in there. Um, one thing else I want to add is I feel like in the summertime, we just, we're just constantly moving cams for no reason. Like no buck here, move, no buck here, move. We know there's going to be a buck there later on, but we'll give it like two weeks and we're like, okay, just like a mobile cam. Yeah. You're like, gosh, there's just nothing here. I got to move it. But like when I hung, when I hung pickles cam, there was not shit there for a long time. And then pickles showed up where yeah. it was supposed to be. Like you're, you're setting yourself up to be like, damn, I got to move this cam, even though it was good last year. More that intrusion. That show up two days after you moved it. You yeah. Know? Yep. So. More intrusion. Um, this is something that I don't think a lot of people talk about, but, um, it's definitely a good plan to have, uh, Time to locate them doe groups. Make sure that them does haven't shifted on you or the neighbor come in and wiped out, you know, a nice four-pack for you. We had that happen to We're us. That. And that, um, that devastates a place. Yeah. Guy comes in, kills five, six does. You're like, oh, no big deal. But that next year, that, that year after that, yeah. yeah. Um, you got two in there. You're like, what the fuck? You know, and this locating these, these doe groups because these – I, we don't know 100%, but we we're feeling like that these does aren't shifting like these bucks are. These does are pretty well content with where the hell they're at. And they're going to be there for the duration of the season. So one one thing that really jumps out at me that, you know, backup plan is when it's hot in the rut, we're getting our ass kicked on rutcation, 16 days straight on public. We're scrambling around because it's hot. The bucks aren't moving. The We're not seeing many deer and we just start going through like the memory bank of where we ran camps, where we've had these doe groups early in the summer, 
and um, earlier in the season, and then we go to that area because we know that them does are still most likely going to be there, and then we go and sit on the North Green Food Stores, boom, does up there. Like, so it's something that I think gets overlooked, and it is something that you can throw a red cam out there, and, you know, you don't have to burn up a, a nice high-dollar cam if you don't want to, just... Get something that'll get some pictures and get it out there and always have that as the backup plan when the rut comes around. So that cam that I pulled, the last one that I pulled that we ran all year, mm-hmm. um, that doe group that blew at us, that's to the south of where we set up for uh crisscross. Yeah. Um, they were on there repeatedly all year. Three pack, three pack, three pack, three pack, three, just constantly in and out in and out in and out feeding there their bed we know where their bed just right right down there and they were there all year um so next year in my mind i'm like man if you a guy can loop around and get on them does on the downwind side like on a, a north you know a straight north you know might not be a bad we might be missing a lot of shit going downwind of them and we're hunting up you know and trying to get the crosswind on them um but they're there and they're coming out and hit going to that cam in daylight multiple times. So we know they're there and they were, they're there all year and never left. Like they, like you said, those does, I feel like they have an area that they like to be. And unless they're switching very heavily for a food source, those does know the safe area to be. And that's where they're, that's where they're at. You know, Mm -hmm. they have their fawns there then they're going to stay there with their fawns if they survive all year. And that's what it was three, four pack all, all year, you know, and they're hitting that scrape and other bucks are hitting that scrape. And um, those does probably all got bred by crisscross or West side. <laughs> like, <I> mean, <laughs> like that's the only options they had pretty much. Yeah. Hopefully them some so. bitches ain't as smart as West side. <laughs> yeah. That's yeah. a lot of more ass kickers yeah. coming our way. Three, three bucks out there that look like crisscross you're like okay this is cool but man i need something else yeah yeah (laughs) give me some width out here bro right (laughs) um i'll go with a couple negatives here um you're gonna have wear on cams like them components wear out man and i mean unless you got the five-year no bs warranty on a product like exodus does with their trail cameras that stuff can really turn around to bite you. You're expecting to have a camera for, you know, hopefully five years. And um, if, you, if you don't have that, if you don't have that, man, yeah. then next thing you know, you're buying a camera instead of being able to buy batteries. Or it's just... How a, many cams we lost to uh, summertime ants? I, that was my next point is ants and heat. Yeah, yeah it, ants, bro. Um, Exodus has a video on their YouTube about um, helping prevention with ants and uh, it's a very helpful in um video to watch so i would highly recommend that but yeah wear on your cams the components they get hot they're out there and um you got ants to deal with they can get in there and they can mess with your sound if you're running video um the heat's not good on them can stick with the uh infrared sensor and you have super pink pictures sometimes. Sometimes you guys have black pictures. Um, these cams, is as flawless as a lot of these cameras work, they still are a mechanical device. And um, 
shit wears out, man. Yeah, it's a great point. You, um, I, I think the earlier you put them out, the more risk you have of losing one theft or damage or it floods some area, you know, you're in a, a swamp and it yeah. floods and you lose it like that. Most of the time in the fall, that, that place isn't going to flood, you know, later in the year. So another negative here is uh, we've kind of briefed on it here, but getting attached to a, to a summer buck and then he's just gone. And one thing about that is when he's gone, you don't know what happened to him. Yeah, I mean, just moving shit around like crazy. Yeah, you get out there, then you're, then you start doing dumb shit because you're attached, and just like we've talked about doing dumb shit with Westside, you just out there doing dumb shit, and it doesn't. It's I not. I feel like we're gonna kill that deer this year. I feel like <laughs> Westside just for just no gonna, reason. Gonna be nine years old, just cruise by. <laughs> he's got a four corn on one side. Yeah, there you go. Just murder him. So you know. And this is something that we've kind of really stepped back on last year is not being too attached to a deer. And Westside was one of them deer that we were super, well, I was super attached to, but last year didn't give really two shits about him. Went in a couple hunts after him just because he was showing up and had a good possibility to shoot him. But um, as far as like dedicating assets for that deer, absolutely not. And um, yeah. That's because you get burned on a buck out in a bean field in a nice spot, overlooked, just looking big as hell out there. You put the cameras looking in there. Wide, fresh as hell. You put the cameras in there. He's bedding right in front of the camera. He's standing there eating a bush for over 30 minutes in video. Like he's I'm do- all over him. He's doing, <laughs> yeah, he's doing everything you want him to do in late August and the first two weeks of September. And then the shit starts getting squirrely. Scrapes. Yeah, hitting just, the scrapes just like awesome you want. Video of him hitting I mean, it, guys, it was as you wouldn't you wouldn't think there's no way we didn't kill that deer in the first ten days of October. <laughs> I yeah. mean, it's just crazy. So getting attached to a summer buck and then He's him just disappearing. Away. Yeah, just him <laughs> disappearing is uh, if you got a forty acre piece, like you got no shot, bro. I'm just, I'll just break it to you right now. <laughs> you got no yeah. shot. But wait till the rut. I just say. Um, cause there, I was trying to think of the first day that Michelle's drop time, but come back in November. Um, I want to say it was like the 20th or something. They were back for like that three to four days and then he was gone for another three weeks. And then finally mid late December, he started showing back up regular like he had been, but you're going to have to wait an ass load of hunting time. Everybody else out there banging away, trying to get on it. And, um, he's going to have to make it through, man. So, oh, it's a lot of hunting. Long time out there, and then um, I'll go. I'll go to a to a positive. Uh, we just kind of talked about this also on another podcast. Is habitat improvement? Um, if you're out there, you can be doing some stuff and uh, to improve the life of the of the deer herd. And one of them can be like you putting it in a water hole for the summertime, and uh, you put the camera over it. And then obviously you're out there if you're in a bait. Um, mineral state, you can be out there feeding them. And of course you're going to have the camera over to that bad boy. Um, but being able to improve their life any way you can is always a good thing. And it's just going to mean bigger, better, healthier deer, more meat, bigger racks, hopefully. Uh, you got anything on that there, boss? 
no, I think that's, that's, like I said, that's a pro you can get out there. Um, you're going to be, you're going to have a reason to go out there and pull cams earlier. Um, maybe you can tweak some stands a little earlier, um, since you're already out there. Like I said, maybe you can do some, some, you know, management work. Um, and maybe you can scout a little bit earlier, um, in between when you're pulling cams, you know, you can, now uh, maybe I'm going to go up here and hit this ridge, or maybe I'm going to check what this food source is, or, you know, it gives you more time in the woods to, to do that kind of stuff. Um, negative here is there's not, we hang a lot of our cameras in the timber, um, especially on the, on the public land. So we're not much on the actual side of a bean field or, uh, edge row of a cornfield, something like that. So, and there's not much view in the timber. Um, we have noticed that some of the more open timber, uh, the deer will hang out there in the summertime. So that does help that they do like to get that as much airflow there as they can, we feel like. But um, after the summertime's over and, and the shit starts changing, like they're, they're not even anywhere remotely close to that open timber. And um, back in the good shit, you're not going to be able to sh- get a very wide view of your camera most times. Like it's going to be a, a tight knit, go around in there so that's that's kind of a negative because you know most cameras now can shoot way the hell out there and you're not being able to reach that full potential of the uh uses that camera and then another negative here is we cody kind of touched on it, is you have to stay organized longer and you're going to get sloppier over time um maybe not so much in the summertime but that summertime is going to affect your sloppiness in the later part of actual hunting season. We've lived it. <laughs> we've done it. We've been we've been burned by it. So that organization is key, especially when you get up over the eight to ten camera mark and you got multiple cards and um, they're not all cell cams. You got some red cams out there too. It's uh it's something you have to be very mindful of and be very tactful on your plan and execute your plan every time you go out there. I got eight, well, I, I guess I took some cams, but I got eight, ten of your cards at my house still. And um, that's just part of that sloppiness. Like, oh, hey, we, we need to do this. We need to get this done. But um, that just goes like you get off work early and you jet out there and I'm still working or doing whatever I got going on. And shit like that happens. So I know not everybody hunts with two guys on the same property or you might be out there just banging away by yourself, but, and you don't have to worry about that, but that is, you still have to be organized and you still have to execute your plan for six months instead of four. Yeah. It's, it doesn't seem like a lot until you, you know, we're, we're talking about, we we're, we're running a bunch of cams and if a guy runs, I think if you run 10 cams, you're going to get sloppy on a few of them. You know, you're not going to check them as often. You know, you might let the batteries die on them. It's easy to get them started. It's hard to maintain all of them through the whole entire season. I, I feel like. Yeah. It's easy to get them hung in a spot and be like, okay, yeah, that's this is good. Um, it's hard to check them all. Like, we have cams that we're just <laughs> like, okay, we're not going to check this thing at all. All year, we know that. Like, it's just, it's there. <laughs> and that's that's it. It's just part of the, it's part of the tree now for a year. Like I'm not coming back. Um, and I feel like summertime, you can't be like, I'm not coming back to this thing for February. 
because you're going to have it's there's not a chance in hell it's going to be working no, you hang out in october no. you're like yeah okay i i got a chance here to to make this happen but if you're going to run it four months before october five months before october um that that's half a year damn near you know i mean that's that's a long time for a can to run and then you expect it to run all all season just saying it ain't gonna happen so that's just what blows me away like there's some guys that run cams all year around yeah that's like and i'm like i i don't have the drive to do that i just cannot physically do that where i would run a cam all year round non-stop if i had private property with like I could drive a fuller around and pull cans. Yeah, give me something to do. I'd probably do that, you know, but. I thought you were going to say a 20 foot tall fence. Yeah. <laughs> well, that would help too. I would know it would be there. You know? Right. So, as long as there's no holes to cut in by a guy named Homie, I'd be in good shape. Yeah, I know. That damn guy. Um, yeah. Yeah. It, but, it, or I think if you could feed, like that would, that would change if you ran. Because I mean, you'd have you know three stations on your property, most likely two to three. Because you're going in there to put feed out anyway, so what's, why not pull a car? Yeah, yeah. At that point, I think it's it's a different level. But for us, like, I don't even know where to tell you to put a camera in March. You know, other than over yeah. a bay pile. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, March. Yeah, I have no idea. Yeah, no, I'm out. I'm out. I'm so burnt out from season at that point. I'm like, okay. Yeah, I, I just, I just got all minutes. my notes composed from postseason scouting. I'm thinking about a little bit of a plan, but I'm not doing nothing until July. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, last last positive here is you can learn um, some behaviors off a buck. Like I talked about earlier, West Side being a loner. Um, you can know if a buck is going to be running with another buck. Um, some shit like that, you know. See if he likes to be in an area on a certain wind, maybe. Um, we, see if he's aggressive on scrapes and shit. Yeah, see if he's hitting the scrapes. Um, you know, some stuff like that that you you can just be mindful of. Might not help you kill him or not, but um, just like, you know, if we go into Hunt West Side, that's probably going to be the only buck we see. <laughs> you know, 90% chance, yeah. only deer we see. But if it, it's the right deer, which obviously is a good thing, but, uh, you know, you're not going to go out there and, and see 12 deer. So that's just something you can pick up because he's always by himself. Yeah. And you then, don't fight. You don't, no. you're not aggressive and he's by himself. Nope. And then, um, obviously the biggest negative here you got is you got a daylight buck out there and you can't even hunt. So that's, yeah. that's a huge negative. Like if you got a daylight buck out there, like you need to be out there hunting. <laughs> But all summer long, it'd just be daylight as hell out there, and then next day, you know, October seventh, ain't shit out here in these woods. <laughs> yeah. Ain't shit out here till I shit out here. Yes. <laughs> uh, uh, my biggest negative is you run the cam all year, you're putting the work in, and you're on this deer, and then you know he disappears, and then someone else kills him, like mm. right, right off the rip. You know, you're like, damn, the last three months of me running cams, strategizing on this deer when I couldn't hunt him, trying to make a plan, maybe trim and shoot lanes and all this shit to get on him. Um, 
he's on someone else's property and they kill him. Now you're like, okay, I got to start making a plan to go after a different buck. Um, now, if you're getting pictures of that deer in September, like I feel like after the 15th of September for us, that's a huntable deer. You know, mm-hmm. that, that is a deer that we're going to have. He might not be there all season, but he's going to be there on and off, you know, and once you get past that, you know, so I, I feel like you put your cans out in July, you maybe pull them in August. Then you see, okay, what lived now your brain's thinking, okay, this deer lived, this deer lived. You're trying to put the pieces together. It gives you a little bit of time. Then you go back out there, that last card pool. What am I working with? Right. What, what do I got going on? That's when you're like, I didn't waste three months of, you know, four months of time on a deer. I maybe wasted a month and now I got to realize this, this, it ain't going to happen. Um, but I don't know how many velvet giants I've got that I've never seen that the other people have killed, um, that aren't even on the property. Like you get one pictures of them and they're not even on the area. Um, and then when hunting season comes around, you're dead set on this one giant velvet buck, right? You're dead set on them. And then season comes, here comes a buck that transition that's bigger or that you have history with. And that buck that you're so dead set on for the last three months vanishes because not, not maybe he's still there, but he vanishes from your mind. You're thinking about this new buck that showed up, you know, the stuff changes so fast that it's not worth worth the effort to put in on a giant because the potential for another giant to show up that especially if you know something shows up later in the year right like magnum and we would be on a deer be like oh yeah oh man (laughs) my phone just died on cody so uh he was getting ready to say something about magnum but i guess that's gonna have to hold on here so um i apologize for that but we did we did uh, this is our second podcast here of the night so um, I tried to squeeze it through but it just didn't quite happen but we appreciate you guys listening hopefully you guys picked up a tactic or two or um, you know this is definitely these negatives here outweigh these positives on uh, on this list and that's why we've been going later and later and later into the summertime for we get a get our cameras out there and get fired up um, I know a lot of people like getting the velvet picks and and you know a positive of that was velvet is cool but um it's just we're trying to be more useful with our time with our with our jobs with our wives with our kids getting into sports and stuff so um we got to be more thoughtful with our time and um also the price of everything obviously everybody knows is going up so that's playing into it um to a part but um we're looking forward to this year, seeing what's going on out there. We know PT made it, Cody's buck, that he's going to try to target. Trailer Park's still out there, I believe. Um, we had pictures of him late, late January, so pretty sure he made it. No sheds of him that we've discovered, so it'll be a, a throw cameras out in August here and hope and pray that he shows up. So appreciate you guys listening, tuning in every week here. It means the world to us, and... Um, Try to do the right thing, leave a legacy, and Whitetail Legacy is out.